This is the Shanice Lewis Show, the number one podcast for plus-size women. With your host, the queen of curvy conversation, Shanice Lewis. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis. Today is Saturday, April 24th, 2021. Make sure you're following this show's social media pages on Facebook at The Shanice Lewis Show and on Instagram and Twitter at Shanice Show. And make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider and never miss a show. Today, we have a very special guest. Nick Kaplan is the president and co-founder of Fashion to Figure, a leading plus-size women's fashion brand he co-founded with his brother in 2004. Fashion to Figure, under Nick's leadership, launched as a single-store location and evolved to a 30-million multi-channel private equity-backed venture, which was ultimately sold to New York and Company, now Retail Wins, a publicly traded company. In addition to leading fashion to figure as a key growth driver for the company, Kaplan also serves on the executive leadership team of Retail Wins and works closely with the company's CEO and board of directors. Over the lifespan of fashion to figure, Nick has strategically led several areas of the business, including design, merchandising, planning, supply chain, logistics, data analysis, store operations, and the customer experience and journey. And we are so excited to have him today. Let's welcome Nick to the show. Hi, Nick. Hi. How are you? I am good. So first of all, are you a workaholic? Because we're talking on a Saturday evening. Are you? You're not sick of fashion to figure on the weekend. I'm never sick of fashion to figure, but <laughs> I think that you know, I I think that we're in this super interesting moment in time, and I think that the sort of conventional work week is evolved to this place that. I can be picking my kids up from school on Wednesday, and I can be talking to you on Saturday. That's true. Very true. So before we jump into um, talking about the brand, I want to learn a little more about you. So prior to launching Fashion to Figure, briefly tell us about your background and what you were doing before. So... My background uh, sort of started when I was 12. Um, I had my first real job working in a supermarket. And from then on, I sort of caught the bug. I worked through high school. Um, I worked through college. I studied international relations in college. And when I was getting ready to graduate, um, my grandmother, who was in this business, um, who was a widow at a really young age with four kids who took over her husband's business. And I had a long conversation and she said, you should go work at Saks. And so I entered into the training program there, Um, but I never made it. I started actually as an intern waiting for the program to start. And I loved the the store floor so much. I stayed there and sort of began a career in retail. And I got early on with the internet bug at a company called Bluefly, as the internet boom was happening, um, went on from there to be an entrepreneur and went on from there to co-found fashion to figure with my brother Michael. 
So for me, I've, I've always sort of been in this business. It's woven um, into our genes. And um, when we started Fashion to Figure in 2004, I had had a lot of different training and was, was kind of prepared to be an entrepreneur as you can be. But my, my background is on this side, whereas my brothers had always been on the financial side. Now, when you and your brother decided to launch Fashion to Figure in 2004, I know you both had the business background because I know your brother is a Harvard grad, but were you both familiar with the plus-size community prior to launching this brand, or did you have to learn as you went? I think it's both. So early on, um, Michael definitely was the, the Harvard grad, and I was definitely the, the School of Hard Knocks grad. But what we <laughs> both were, were the great-grandsons of Lane Bryant. And for us, we grew up in the business. Um, it was my mom's grandmother, and my dad actually ran the company. And I remember as a kid spending time with my dad, who, who was a workaholic, um, in the office on weekends, visiting stores with him. And we really understood, I think, what it meant to be in that business. And I think that for me at Saks, one of the instrumental sort of steps along the way was seeing the Salon Z business as a $150 million business, yet the store in New York had this really nice boutique, but it was next to the employee cafeteria on the 10th floor or in my journeys around seeing the little teeny pod in Target at the very back of the store just because it didn't have the productivity from a dollars per square foot contributing perspective that maybe accessories or other departments did. So I think we knew the community, but we also knew the lack of community, which was really the impetus for starting the business, is we saw this white space that when you went to a mall, which in the early 2000s was still a really exciting, different thing to do than today, we saw that there was a lot of optionality for women who weren't plus size, but there were a lot of women who were plus size that wanted all different types of fashions and options and it wasn't just a community, but it was a lot of communities, yet no one was serving those communities. And so that was sort of why we started Fashion to Figure. So we understood it. We had a thesis about it. And there at the same time was a ton to learn every day. And so we lived together. We, we shared a car. We shared an apartment. We had a, our first store was in the Palisade Center Mall. And we worked every day for six months until we could afford a second car so that one of us could sort of go into close and one of us could go into open. So we learned a lot in the beginning as well. So we, we sort of knew something enough to sort of recognize both the community driven opportunity and the business opportunity, but we also knew enough to know what we didn't know and how much we had to learn, which was a lot. And it's still the case today. I mean, still, after all these years, still learn something almost every day. Right. Now, what were some of the obstacles you had getting the fashion to figure brand off the ground? Um, 
the biggest one was the product in the beginning. I think that there was clearly this need, and I think that we knew what we wanted the product to be. And I think often people think about what they're buying as should I buy it or should I not buy it. I don't think that people see the story of a garment behind the garment, whether it's the logistics component of like what it takes to get there, where it's coming from, what type of a factory it was made in, the quality of the fabric, the sewing, the country of origin. And I think that early on, to be able to secure the product that you want, you need to have some scale behind you. So very early, I think, you know, one of the biggest obstacles was, was going around these buildings that still the garment center was very prominent and, and literally knocking on doors. And I think that the Lane Bryant thing, which Michael and I always joked about, you know, that plus makes the time of like $2 or $2.25, which is now much $2.75 today will get you on the subway in Manhattan. It really was something that was a conversation starter. It was a, it was a meaningful thing to people to be Lane Bryant's great-grandsons and that we had sort of taken up this mission. And so the obstacle to kind of get the product, to get the right assortment, and to have there be some consistency in that. And then I think the other thing, too, is, is you know, entrepreneurs raising capital. Um, right. It's really, hard to start a, it's really hard to start a business. And you have to convince people to believe in you, and you have to come up with an equation that gives them an opportunity to make money and that they can – find a model, you know, look at your business model and believe in it and believe in you. And so I think it was raising capital and I think it was finding the right product that we wanted to stand for to sort of be able to begin this journey to build this community. So you and your brother did not inherit lots of money from your great grandmother, Lane Bryant. You still had to raise the money like everybody else. Yeah, we joke around a lot that, you know, there's this expression, shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves. We we were the fourth generation, not <laughs> the third generation. So, okay. no, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, I think at times people do look at you and say, wow, you're Lane Bryant's great-grandson. And on the other side of the family, Sylvia Kaplan, as I said, was her husband's 48 years old and he, he passed away. And she built a big business um, with my uncle. And, you know, the same thing. I mean, we, we didn't get anything. We got a great education, um, good values, um, understanding about hard work, making good decisions, and a foundation of, you know, a lot of sort of business acumen, good values, and I guess good genes that we were able to leverage, but no – we we didn't have any money to invest in the business, and we 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 raised equity, you know, raised money for equity in our business, and that was the beginning. And then we were really successful, and that allowed us to sort of build a track record to raise more money. And then um, eventually, by 2012, we raised private equity money, which is a bigger round. So no, it was never us, but we had a vision and. We were able through our performance to establish credibility and continue to raise money to grow the business. Now, after you got established and became successful, what do you think makes Fashion to Figure stand out from its competitors? Well, I know this is going to sound sort of political or 
sort of cliche-ish, but like, I don't know that we have any competitors. And I don't know that our sort of so-called competitors would sort of say, wouldn't say the same thing, right? I think that I still look at the community, the greater plus size community, which we'll say is defined by size. And if you look at the demography in the United States still today, which was still relatively similar when we started, it makes up 68%, give or take a little bit, of the population. And in that 68% of the population are a lot of different people. And to sort of do those people the disservice of saying you're plus size, and as a result, this is your option, which goes back to the beginning um, and why we started holds true. And so I look at other people and I say, wow, there should be more. I don't really spend my days, we don't spend our days talking about what other people are doing. I think we talk about our community, our person, what and who she is and wants, and how we can be with her. And I think that there's other people out there doing the same thing. And I think that it's still, even today, with more and more entrants in the market, still underserved, and I, I don't really spend any time thinking about anybody. I think there's some cool stuff, and I think that's cool. I think it's great, but you know, our business is the best it's ever been, and that's because our team is the best it's ever been. The level of commitment is amazing, and our ability to kind of continue to connect with our community is terrific, and so I guess maybe not a you know, the controversial answer that I spend time about this person, <laughs> that person, or, but at the same time, it just is. I mean, I don't worry about what's in front of me or look behind me. I just worry about us. And I think that's how we are. And as a result, I think we're so dialed in and so connected that we're just super successful. And I think that's really ultimately what brand is. Right. If now, you think some, transactionally, it's it's not the way to be. You have to think more holistically. For someone listening that is not familiar with your brand, what type of clothing do you carry? Is I think it's more trendy and casual, right? So what we say is, if you say, what's FTF, right? You say it's cool, dope, fashion. That's it. I mean, we don't think of ourselves as a size. I mean, my brother said it, which is, you know, fashion is a state of mind, not a size range. And whether you're a two or a 22, if you're gothic, you're gothic. If you're super sexy, you're super sexy. If you're really preppy, you're preppy. Your size doesn't define who you are. Your style does. And for us, I think, you know, there is definitely a curvaceousness and, a, and certainly a confidence in our fashion, but we're fashion forward. We think through things, the lens of trends. I think we have an amazing designer, um, credible creatives on the marketing side, and our product is just ultimately cool, dope fashion. Nice. I like that. 
And fashion to figure does a lot of influencer collaborations. How do you select the influencers that you want to do collections with? Um, again, I mean, <laughs> I believe that successful companies in our space are, are sort of semi-formulaic. However, I think that we have this sort of first mover advantage and this reputation built on the sort of relationships we've developed with people. And, and as a result, I say it's sort of not just one way and that we choose people and go after them or that they choose us and come after us. I think it's a very organic sort of marriage. And I think, you know, through this incredible marketing team that we have, um, and I, I will say, you know, I, the success of fashion to figure isn't me. Um, I'm a facilitator. I, I'm at the bottom. My job is to set strategy with our group and support them and effectively lead by being at the bottom to make sure that everyone is excited every day to get out of bed and throw the covers off and, and come to work. Well, in this environment, not coming to work necessarily in the literal way, but figuratively come to work and, and be excited and, and do the things they do. And I can't, like, give anybody's names because <laughs> I would be risking the trade secrets of fashion to figure, but we have this incredible group that's assembled, and in the spirit of the marketing team, as small as it is, there are some incredibly powerful women that just get it, and whether it's the creative you see or the collaborative pieces that we do, whether it's FTF Loud that's begun this season and started with, you know, a true friend of the brand, an incredible woman, Frankie Tavares, who just holds such a special place in my heart. And there's there's others coming. Um, but, you know, I think it's like we do everything. It's super communal. I mean, we have these relationships and people send us DMs all the time or emails or People reach out about what they want to see from us, and it, it, it's something that we listen to. And our team, because we're super flat, meaning like everyone's involved from the new person that just start, started, you know, a year ago to the old school people that have been around forever. We we talk all the time through Slack, through Zoom meetings, and we just perpetuate these ideas and say, is this person that person, or what about this person, or this person reached out to us, or this would be super cool, or this person would be incredible in this. So it isn't formulaic. I mean, it just is, it's organic. And I think as we continue to do our thing, you know, we're, we're building on the things that we do and we're always thinking about how to be, how to be ahead, not how to be next, but how to be first. Now you grew the brand to $30 million and then sold it to New York and company now called retail wins. Now, how did your brand benefit from that deal? Did it give you more resources to operate? Um, I mean, it was sort of a, a semi-complicated transaction. And, and um, you know, I think from our perspective, right, when we got to Retail Wins, I think it was sort of, you know, drinking out of a fire hose in the sense that we really were all of a sudden kind of going from an independent figure it out kind of brand to um, a part of a bigger family that had sort of all these resources that we had never had before, right? Kid in a candy store in terms of 
Oh, boy. Logistics. I mean, the help getting our product from where it was to where it needed to be to fabrics, platformed fabrics to um, new relationships, a global supply chain, um, web tools, business analytics tools. And so it took a while to sort of get settled into that world, as is anything. Integration is never a straight line, but it certainly in the end was was really beneficial for us um, to be there. Um, now, Retail Wins has been sold um, and purchased by a group called the Sadia Group, and we're now part of that. And that transaction happened um, in the fall. And the Sadia Group also about six weeks after closing that transaction, acquired Lord & Taylor and Latote. So we're now part of a bigger family that's more focused on digital and is sort of transforming and redefining what this industry sort of looks like and is all about in a super Darwinian moment that the last, gosh, 14 months at this point ha has sort of brought about. But I'd say to answer questions specifically, it gave us, a lot more resources, a bigger platform to bolster the brand and to amplify beyond what we had been. Now, was your uh, company impacted by the uh, COVID-19 global pandemic in any way? Yes. I think anyone that says otherwise is not telling the truth. I think we fared far better than most. Um, like I said, I think you know, we had sort of set a course to be a digitally dominant business. Um, in 2018, part of kind of coming over to Retail Wins, it was a far different environment in the sense of it was a public company, there's a board of directors, and there are quarterly board meetings. And in 2018, in August, I sat in front of the board and presented the first long-range plan. And we had had a board of directors before, but I think different in, in that sort of private equity-backed environment. And, and so the plan was really to be an omni-channel business um, and to evolve some of our categories and evolve our, our, evolve our assortment, benefit from some of the CRM tools and the data analytics, but most importantly, be a digitally dominant business. Um, and the pandemic just brought it further faster. I mean, I think as an industry, the future arrived far earlier than I think it was going to. I don't think mm -hmm. what happened was different than what was going to happen. I think we as an industry recognized we were probably overstored, overmauled, um, and that the behaviors, the wants, the desires of the consumers were changing. And I think that the biggest transformation was the smartphone. Um, you know, we, we saw over time early on at FPS in like 2015, 2016, the device, whether it was desktop, mobile, tablet, split go from, let's just call it, if, if desktop, mobile 50-50 evolved to 
a point in time in 2018 where approximately 80% of our customers were shopping on our website on their mobile phone. And so that I think really was a big sort of change agent in how people valued their time that they could do far more through that device to create far more time to do other things than just shop, for example. And I think you heard about a lot of this people's value on experiences, meals, travel, events. Um, and I think that the pandemic just sort of made everyone get there faster. So for us, we closed our stores. Um, it was tough. I think that for me, you know, I'm a, I'm a relationship person and some of the people that, and I still speak to them today, um, and I helped to find them jobs, but they had been with us, with me for 10 years. We'd been through a lot and it was hard, but I think ultimately you have to look at things through the lens of what's best for the brand and what your fiduciary responsibility is and do right by people to the best of your abilities because your reputation is super important. And I'll always trade on that. And we got here. So we closed our stores in the pandemic. How many? For us How many that. did you have? We entered it with 13, I think. And okay. They effectively just never, they just never reopened. And it's, it's something that's tough, but I, I believe in physical retail, and I think as I look at the bigger environment that we're in now of New York and company, fashion to figure, Lord and Taylor, you know, they're all now digital businesses. Right. And I think that as we look forward, and I'm involved in different components of each business, but running fashion to figure and a pretty significant role in Lord and Taylor, I think that physical retail matters. But for now, I think being digitally dominant allows for a lot more flexibility. You don't have to worry about the turning of merchandise inside a store, which is the biggest challenge that we face, is that the merchandise has to sell to go away. And if it doesn't sell a full price in a store, it has to keep getting marked down. And I think that that's a really tough equation for the industry. But the pandemic just evolved us faster. And as I said, our business, and it's been like this with fashion to figure for quite some time, it's the best it's ever been. And my kids will hear me say it to someone will say, Dad, could you stop saying that? And I'm like, guys, <laughs> it's true. And I'm really proud of that. And like I said before, I mean, it's not, it's not me. It's this team of people that we've assembled. It's incredibly intellectually diverse group of people that are totally committed to this community, driving towards a common goal of just giving this community cool, dope fashion in like totally innovative and different ways that's made us successful in this really kind of difficult moment for us societally. And we've thrived. And I think that that's really been incredible to me. And one of the things I'm most proud of in my entire career. And it appears that you're thriving because your uh, brand, Fashion to Figure, you recently introduced a new wide-width shoe collection. So I always think if you're introducing new things, you're doing well. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I think. And ironically, I was just looking for a pair of clear heels, and look what you popped up with. So tell us about that. Did you get it before it sold out? I think it's almost sold out. <laughs> 
Oh, well, I might have missed it. it. So, <laughs> I missed it. Hopefully. So I think it's actually one of two ends of the spectrum. You're doing new things because you're doing really well and you need to grow, or you're doing new things because you're doing really badly and you need to, like, survive. And I've been in both places. For us, we're, you know, we're looking to evolve. And I think when I sat in front of the board in 2018 and, and, and had really had for the first time had the time to come up with a really strong long-range plan, um, you know, the things that we contemplated and ultimately presented were at Fashion to Figure 1.0, we were really dress dominant. Um, we were known for it. We were really good at it. And our customers loved us for it. But I think ultimately what we found is that as the world sort of evolved, and this is one of the things we learned from New York and company, because they're really great at it, is that bottoms build loyalty. And so we said, we're going to sort of maintain our dress business. We're not, not going to be great at dresses, so best at dresses. We had a good top business, and we're really going to grow that. So it's like we're going to, we're going to you know, win, like continue winning the tops to like bottoms. It was like must grow bottoms. So we, we did that. And, and, and one of the things I set as a course with our team was like we're going to become a versatile lifestyle brand. That this woman or man, this person, right, um, buying our product wants us as a lifestyle, not us as an item. And we work hard. And so we're continuing on that vision. And shoes was a, you know, was a logical part. And I think in the spirit of sort of the collaborative effort and the building of community, another near and dear to me, you know, Nadia Bolson, I mean, she's awesome. I mean, everybody's awesome. We, we are so fortunate and blessed to have the support of an incredibly diverse, intelligent, powerful group that has just supported the brand and loved the brand and really helped the brand be what the brand is today and realize to contribute. And we did it with Nadia. And I look back to September of 2019 when we did this, you know, this, this incredible thigh-high boot launch, and I look at the content that we did, you know, out at the TWA Hotel at Kennedy Airport. It's, like, insane. Like, I get, like, I get sort of, I don't know, kind of emotional, but, like, goosebumpy thinking about it because like, that was the beginning of today. And so we really went through a lot to measure, make sure that the thighs were the right fit and that the style had the right amount of wearableness, but sexiness and confidence and was what she wanted. And like they blew out. It was crazy. And Nadia and Tabria and the content were great. And so... Today, we, we keep growing, and so we launch shoes, and even seeing the sales, it's like, oh, my God, like, we didn't buy enough. Like, I mean, it was crazy. I couldn't have imagined 
a few nights ago when it launched that it would have launched to that degree. So, of course, you know, thankfully, we're a global supply chain center. They're, like, emailing China and, like, can we get more shoes? And so, sadly, I think, you know, we like to create the thirst. And unless it's, like, really, really right, you got to get it now or it's gone. But we are going to be in the shoe business. We have an even bigger assortment coming for fall, and you'll be seeing more things from us as well. But that was the impetus is that we are going to continue to be this versatile lifestyle brand for our community, not the community. This is our community. So what is the ultimate goal with your career and brand? Like are ultimately are you and Michael going to sell the brand and retire and it just lives on? Or are you going to just be with this until you're old and gray? So, so Michael left, and in the two, in the retail wins transaction, I think Michael was ready to do something else. Um, you know, such, my brother is such an incredibly smart person, and has yeah. done some super interesting things. Such, I mean, I know you know that, right? Yeah. So talented, so smart, and I think you know. It just was the time for him. It was a good exit point. And so um, I think it was really hard, but he has done incredible things. And um, for me now, I mean, I don't, I'm a field of dreams kind of person, I guess. I mean, it's one day at a time. And if you build it, like it sort of all figures itself out. So I'm not a reverse engineer. I'm not looking at the end and seeing how can I get there. I'm, more looking at the today and now that we have Lord and Taylor and, you know, Jack Sadia is a really interesting guy and there's a vision there. And I think that there's a new challenge with Lord and Taylor, New York and company fashion to figure and other things that we're looking at to sort of build this platform. So I think that we're once again in this really incredible position to do some really interesting things. And I don't, you know, I'm having too much fun. I'm fortunate that I love what I do. And more importantly, I love who I do it with. We're a family. So that's not to say that (laughs) there aren't days where I think people are like, wow, (laughs) that was a tough day. But I think overall, we celebrate the wins. We celebrate each other and, so, you know, same thing at the beginning. Like, I I didn't – I was a really lucky guy. Like, I grew up with a lot. I mean, with that, like, I, I don't ever see myself not working. I mean, I, I love to work. I love people, and I want to set a good example for my kids, and I want to support the people I work with. So – I don't know. I don't think about it that way. I think about it as I want to do the best I can every day. I have a plan for the business. Um, and I want to grow the business and I want to grow it more importantly for the people whom I work with. I mean, I look at the young people most and there are some incredible people, whether it's the pleasure of seeing someone who graduated from college in Texas and five days later came to work with us and just got her first promotion or, you know, an assistant designer who killed herself and is committed that we just promoted, or a person on the merchant front who really started out more as a coordinator that we just promoted. So, like, I see those as the wins, and 
provided that that keeps happening and I can still help people, even if they move on to other places, like I, I want to help them get to where they want to be. It's not just about me. It's about our community, not just the customer's community. It's a community. It's the fashion to figure community. And it starts with the people inside and making sure that we have an incredibly diverse group of people. And, you know, I tell them all the time, I, I, I stole this from our, I mean, I read it. To me, I just believe it and preach it, which is, you know, the three components of a successful team, going back to the intellectually diverse comment, I mean, intellectual diversity and passion to figure has that. It's just a really super diverse group of people. It has a lot of psychological safety. We love each other. We can talk to each other. We work hard together and it makes us successful. And we're all, the third part is working towards a common goal. And that goal is to just continue to build this community. So do you have anything else happening we can be on the lookout for? I know the new shoe line just dropped, but you told me it's too late if I didn't catch it. So anything coming up I can look out for? I mean, of course. <laughs> but nothing I'm going to you. Can tell me about? <laughs> I, mean, I, no, I mean, I called, I called, I called, like, I, you know, I have like a couple of handlers, right? I, I, they're the best and they could, don't say anything. Look, we are constantly, like all the time trying to figure out like what's, what's going to be our next move and it's got to be a first move, right? So I think that there's like some awesome things happening. And I think that one of the things that creates the thirst is that balance between like new all the time and some things that you can kind of find in the background. And I think that we've ultimately just scratched the surface and that the things that we're going to do that go beyond what it is that people are used to or what we're doing are going to be really incredible. And I'm excited. I think that, you know, part of my job is to make sure that we, we stay focused and, that we stay um, kind of strategized. But I look at the people around me and, you know, I look at our group that's sort of driving this business um, and I'm super proud that they're all synchronized with each other and me and we're marching forward. But we have some amazing things that are coming down the pike. And I think that people need to kind of stay tuned and they need to really kind of check us out all the time. And that, that's by design, right? It's like, it, you know, the thirst. If you, if you don't get it, it's going to be gone. And right. it's so easy to chase it sometimes and buy it again because of the revenue. But it's like that discipline sometimes that people say to me, they're like, no, that's it. She'll have to act next time. So, yes, <laughs> but I've been sworn to secrecy. Okay. Well, you'll have to come back when the big thing is launched and let me know. But before you go, tell us your official websites and social media pages so we can keep up with everything fashion to figure. Okay. So um, FTF.com or fashion to figure.com, they, they, they're both, they both work. Um, and then, you know, at fashion to figure is Instagram. And yeah i mean i'm obsessed with tiktok now like it's crazy but i talk about it and like it's funny because 
like I'm sort of kind of like with it, but not really with it. So they make fun of me, but <laughs> I think that it's, um, it's, I think it's like representative of sort of us, right? I think we're, we just figured out as we're going. And I think that people really want like efficiency. So it is, you know, we were talking the other day to Google and I try to get them to explain to me, it's like, well, how is YouTube competing with TikTok? Because, you know, it's all about sort of views and eyeballs and I see TikTok, it's super cool, but you can, we have a YouTube channel, so fashion to figure. Um, I think we put up a lot of, you know, not as much, I think, as we'd like. I think that just, just prioritization and focus, but I think that video is super important, and we put a video at times too. But TikTok is something we're focusing more and more on. Um, you know, Instagram sort of is where to get some good information from us if we're ever launching. Obviously, you know, to come on our site and give us your phone number for SMS and your email, which is obviously the way we sort of most regularly, traditionally engage with people. And so to be part of the FTF ecosystem, you have all those different options. We'd love to engage with you. We'd love for people to be part of our community and we listen. I mean, you know, my email is nick at ftf.com and I, it's a special email that I give to people just to like tell me what's up and I respond. And I think that, you know, we're only as good as the people whom think we're good and we take that very seriously. And anytime I get a chance to talk to someone, especially you, um, who I knew talked to my brother a while back, I mean, I love to sing the gospel of fashion to figure because, you know, cool, dope fashion, like, isn't about clothes or it isn't about you buying things from us. It's about you joining us and being part of our movement and part of our community. And I know, as I said earlier, that, like, people get really excited to come to work every day and throw their covers off. I know as a good human being that they'll be happy and that's good. But I also know as a business person that they'll be more productive. And so I know mm-hmm. that building this community and making sure that, like, if the clothes don't fit, don't commit, like we're obsessed about fit and all the things that go in it, I know that if people are super happy with us, part of our community, it's good for them. They've found a home, and it's good for us. And I think you can do that in life. Like, everybody can win. So we're a business. We operate like a business. We need to make money like a business. So we can use our voice to do good things. We can use our platform to be supportive of our community. And we can use our community to be supportive of us, to win, win, win. And that's my philosophy. So well, be part of Fashion Figures community. <laughs> yes, that is amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It was amazing speaking with you. Like I said, I, you know, interviewed your brother a couple of times, but I think this is the first time I'm talking to you. So I'm excited. To I mean, have I'm tempted the to ask you, I'm tempted to ask you who is better, but I'm not going to. So, because you know what, actually in the end, Michael is better. I mean, Michael is such an amazing speaker and orator that I actually learned so much from him. So um, I won't even ask you a question, but I'm happy you got to speak to both of us and listen, I thank you. I thank you for supporting us. I thank you for having me on because we're just grateful. We are grateful for everything and everybody. So thank you, Shanice, for having me. Thanks for the invitation. I'm excited. Well, thank you. So enjoy the rest of your Saturday. I hope you're not doing any more work. I hope you go relax.
I hope I get off this and my kids are sleeping. That will make me be really happy. So, um, but I, I will enjoy the rest of my weekend. I hope you do too. And I look forward to the next time I talk to you and keep checking things out because you got to buy them before they're gone, Shanice. I see. Cool I stuff. see. And, and it's super amazing. The fit is amazing. The quality is terrific. And, and I think that we're really, we're really moving in the right direction. So, Drop me a line if you get those shoes. Tell me what you think. But thank you for having me, and I do look forward to our next conversation. All right. Thanks again, and enjoy your evening. You too. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And thank you to my guest this evening, Nick Kaplan. Make sure you check out Fashion to Figure. It's an amazing store with beautiful, trendy, plus-size clothing. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. You've been listening to The Shanice Lewis Show. For more info about the show, visit ShaniceLewisShow.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.